Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 290 on April 21st, 2022. And I'm skipping all of the lead-in stuff because I'm simply not in the mood. We are still here, changing the world, one ass at a time. (laughs) Jumping right into your letters. The subject of this letter was, You go, girl, er, lady, comma, mistress, question mark. (laughs) And here's the letter. Hi, Ruby, I have just discovered your podcast and now your website. As someone who has always chosen to, quote, let their freak flag fly, end quote, I just wanted to say, you go, parentheses, insert your choice of politically correct term here. (laughs) I admire and respect the work you're doing and the correct information you are making available to all of us with the desire to know and grow. This is why I chose to become an annual patron at the $5 a month level. I only wish I could afford to give more, well, perhaps one day. With my sincere respect and best wishes for you and yours and your continued success. That is very sweet. I wanted to read that because of the politically correct um, part of it. (laughs) It just tickled me. And I'm very appreciative that you, sir, are my new patron. So thank you very much for that letter. Here's my next one. Hi, Ruby. Hope you're well. My girlfriend and I have tried pegging several times now and enjoyed the experience. I guess I'm still not very confident in myself afterwards, though. Like, I almost feel shameful. Makes me think about how my friends, family, co-workers would judge me if they ever found out. It feels like a dirty little secret, and I don't know how to shake that or be more comfortable with myself. Any advice? I do love myself and my girlfriend, but I guess I feel a hint of shame. Okay, so this has really been kind of up in the forefront of what's going on in my life recently in terms of subject matter to think about in in connection with pegging is the whole shame thing. Um, You, as a male, have likely spent your entire life being told that anything that uh, is remotely feminine or gay is absolutely forbidden and it is shameful and that you should be degraded and ridiculed and all those kinds of things. In fact, I would not be surprised if you had received some of that just in kidding with the guys. I mean, men, when they're in groups, tend to give each other a hard time, kind of give each other shit by implying that their friends are gay, which is, of course, as we all know, so fucked up. But this is like a lifelong conditioning. It's that dominant hierarchical male structure that unfortunately seems to be the default for our society. So when all of a sudden you are in a position to experience the emotions, the vulnerability, and the softness that many times comes with receiving pegging. Those are all things you've been taught you're not supposed to do. I mean, setting aside the whole sexual orientation bullshit, you have been taught that these are things that masculine guys simply don't do. So it's a process Because you've been conditioned so long through your life that this is a big, big no, and all of a sudden you're exploring this, I just encourage you to take a deep breath and try and let all that go. As far as how your friends, families, and coworkers would judge you if they ever found out, fuck those people. And I don't mean in a mean way. I'm, you know, they're they're the people in your sphere, but it's none of their damn business. It is absolutely none of their damn business. Whatever you and your partner decide to do together that brings you pleasure, that you both enjoy, that adds to your lives is up to you. 
I don't care if it's drinking tea naked on Sundays on the front porch, as long as people can't see you. <laughs> Consensually and not inflicting your kink on others is, of course, part of that formula. But whatever you want to do, if you both want to put on, you know, garters and hose and run around in the backyard, it doesn't make any difference as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. It's consensual, it's safe, and it brings you pleasure. That's it. So what any, whatever anybody else thinks is really completely beside the point. Consider this differentiation. Being embarrassed about something is one thing, like maybe if you think you did something that sort of people aren't supposed to do, you might feel embarrassed about it. But shame, and I got this from Brene Brown, shame is actually feeling like you're a bad person for doing this. Goodness, no, you're not a bad person. You are sexually explorative. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put a link for an audio clip that I would like you to listen to. And, you know, you can you can ask for a download and I, I will send that to you, <laughs> you know, or you can just put a link to it and listen to it as often as you'd like. Basically, it's reassurance that you're perfectly fine. And not only is it reassurance that you're perfectly fine, Kudos to you for having the courage to step past all this bullshit that society puts on you and explore. You are the brave one. You really are. And so that's what this recording says. I'll put a link in the Linkorama for you to check that out. And I noticed that in, in the whole evolution of this podcast journey here, that I, I use the word Linkorama, which means the links that are in the show notes when I post it on the blog. And then I kind of stopped using it and then I use it again. So... <laughs> I'm all over the map, man. It's been since 2012 that I've been doing these podcasts. So 10 years. Yes, I'll put it in the links for you. But I do encourage you just to take a deep breath and know that eventually you'll be able to let all of this stuff go. And for goodness sake, take a deep breath and let go of the shame. That's the biggest, most important part to mm, do whatever you need to do to let go of that. Um, whether it's envisioning you and your girlfriend in this wonderful bubble that is impenetrable to the rest of the world, to the rest of your family, your friends, your coworkers, there's no need for them ever to find out, ever, ever. Or maybe you can do like a little celebration thing, like a little ritualistic type of celebration where you make your favorite kind of cake or she makes your favorite kind of cake or you guys buy your favorite kind of cake and you put candles on it and it's like, okay, this is the celebration of pleasure in my ass, okay? And whoop it up and have a good time and sort of mark it with recognizing that this is a really cool and important and awesome and wonderful and fun thing so that you're celebrating it, which maybe you'll push it a little bit in the other direction. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that you can do, but that's just an idea. So yes, thank you for this letter. Good luck with all of that. And have fun, you guys. Have fun. Okay, here is my next letter. Uh, the subject is pegging and masochism. Hi, Ruby. I just did your seminar and I have a question, but it's rather specific, so I didn't want to ask it in the session. I have a new partner with whom I will start exploring pegging soon. Two-week planned visit for the holidays. I'm new to it. He's new to it, but not to solo anal play. He plays with fairly large toys himself. Part of our profile is the sadistic masochistic aspects of play. He really craves pain associated with pegging, but I'm hella reluctant to go there because of all the reasons I think one ought to be careful with a person's anatomy. 
I am wondering, as a sadist yourself, are there things you would recommend that might help scratch that itch for him while allowing for the safety that's appropriate? Pain that comes at the cost of damage that is difficult to heal is so not worth it, but meeting his desire for pain is something I want. So would you recommend something like CBT during... Or do you have another suggestion that I'm not thinking of? Thanks again so much for your seminar. This was the fourth time I've taken one of them, and I enjoy your straightforward, easy-to-follow presentation every time. Wow. Thank you so much for this letter. I would love to speak to this. (laughs) So, regarding his desire for pain, if he is an accomplished and mm, regular user of larger toys... This means that his ass has been stretched to those larger diameters already. And this means that you can play on the edge a little bit of a quicker entry. I was educated to this when I was just flat out 100% black and white thinking, saying pain should never, ever, ever be a part of pegging. This was on a Reddit post some time ago. And a guy responded and said, look, I've done pegging for 20 years, okay? And I've taken some really big toys. The type of pain that I'm talking about is associated with that first penetration going too fast. And it's not like my body can't take it. It's not like it's going to cause any damage. It's more like they're just doing it too fast. And that's intentional because I enjoy that sensation. That's the only exception that I would say it's okay to feel a little bit of pain when you do the pegging thing. But that experience has to be there. It has to be there. And also, I would say that the receiver has to know, uh, has to be able to differentiate between good pain and bad pain, if you will, because there is a fine line there. But knowing that they have used larger toys in the past really kind of paves the way for at least that type of pain experienced during pegging. So you can play around with that, be careful with it, but you can absolutely play around with it and walk that line kind of. Certainly CBT is something you can try that would be cock and ball torture. You can tie something around his balls and pull on it while you're pegging him. You can um, spank him on his ass while you're pegging him or use some kind of tool like a strap or a paddle or something to hit his ass while you're pegging him. What else can you do? Um, One of the things that you can do that is kind of very unusual, but I've had some receivers really enjoy it, is if he likes pain, um, there are canes that you can use. Now, canes are usually something in the BDSM world that are really intense. You must use them very carefully because they can cause marks and they're very painful. If you use it carefully, if you have him reach back and spread his ass cheeks, then you can lightly sort of spank, if you will, his asshole with that cane. That's something that actually way turns me on. So basically what that does is it totally sensitizes it because you're basically kind of doing impact play on the asshole. Now you have to be careful and you can't do it really hard. Same way you would have to be careful with CBT, but it can be really exciting. And it can also cause just a little bit of maybe soreness is not quite the right word. Maybe it is, I'm not sure. Um, But certainly it sensitizes it because if you just stop thinking about the asshole for just a minute, (laughs) that is such a strange sentence to say. If you stop thinking about the asshole for just a minute, 
And you just think about impact play like on the ass itself, on the ass cheeks. That's one of the cool things about it is that when you beat it with a variety of things, whether you're spanking it with your hand or using paddles or straps or what have you, basically what you're doing is sensitizing the whole area so that it is highly sensitive because it's a little bit sore. So it would be kind of the same thing with spanking the asshole with a cane. I have found a cane to be the best thing to use for that because of the shape of it. You can't get in there with anything else really. I mean, it depends on how their ass is shaped and things like that, but that's at least another idea. You can play with that. You might be able to get in there with a riding crop a little bit, and they have canes that are not literally cane material. They're just sort of acrylic rods, so that would be a good thing too because then you can sanitize it. So that is one recommendation I have for you, and let me think if I have any others here. Okay, there are things called vampire gloves, and you can get different kinds of vampire gloves. I know that I've talked about this before, so I'll look back in my past podcasts and get those links, because sometimes they change. Uh, A lot of vampire gloves are leather, and then they have things that are like little, they're basically like little sharp metal things coming through from the inside of it and poking out so that they're poking and then it's on the fingers and the palm of the glove. So wherever you put your hand is going to be pokey and slightly painful. You have to use these very carefully because these can cause skin breakage, of course, but with a light touch, they can be exquisitely painful in a whole variety of places, as you can imagine, whether it's on your partner's balls or their cock if it's hard, or the size of their ass cheeks, just using your hands and balancing for the pegging, like if you're doing them doggy style, put your hands on their ass cheeks, that can be really fun as well. So look up the uh, vampire gloves and see if maybe that's something that might appeal to both of you. (laughs) It's an interesting question and a fun question for me to answer. I usually kind of walk that line carefully of not giving out too much BDSM information because I don't want to scare people away. They're like, what the hell? This woman's talking about spanking assholes. (laughs) But hey, that's what you get when you tune in sometimes. Thank you so much for the question. Enjoy and let us know how it goes if you feel moved to do so. Have fun. All right, here is my next letter. Uh, Let's see, the subject is pegging. Hello, Ruby, I love your website, and I will say that from the male perspective, one great thing about pegging is the anticipation. Since the female has complete control over when and how we get pegged, it can be very delicious wondering when is she going to take me next, trying to get her attention and look sexy for her so she will decide to bend me over, spread me open, and put me in my place is a wonderful game. I would love to share more with you. And he signs it, always ready. (laughs) So this is a lovely point of view. I really enjoy this because this really flips things 180 degrees with that whole role reversal. And I really enjoy having my partner try and look sexy for me and get into that role and have fun with it. It can feel unusual, of course, in the beginning. It's not like guys don't try and look good and everything, but look sexy and put that ass out there and put on things that their partner considers to look really hot. Yeah, that effort is much appreciated in my world. And I think 
well, I don't know, I think is not the right word. I feel like there's not enough men who willingly dive into that role. I know I get a lot of letters from couples where the receiver's kind of like, well, we did this pegging thing and, you know, they don't seem that much into it. And so it hardly ever happens. And I feel like I always have to ask for it. Have you ever thought about being freaking sexy? right? Whatever that looks like to you, whatever that looks like. And it can look a lot of different ways. It can include feminine aspects or it cannot include feminine aspects. It can have an awesome pair of jock style underwear, right? All kinds of different things. So um, yes, appreciate the letter and feel free to share more and send more in to the writer of this letter. I have always welcomed submissions, absolutely. Don't always use them, but I certainly always welcome them. And I appreciate this perspective that you have shared. Okay, here is another one. Let's see. The subject is thank you. Ruby, I've always had some anal curiosity, but tamped it down because of silly societal ideas. My beautiful wife of 13 years had her suspicions and tried off and on over the years to help me relax and explore. Alas, I could never get out of my own way. A few years ago, at my wife's urging, shove is more like it, (laughs) I sought out therapy. It's been difficult and slow, but it has helped tremendously, and I urge anyone who needs it to go for it. I finally started getting right with the past, parentheses, still not 100%, but it is getting there, and turned some attention to the present. Our emotional intimacy has been improving, but our physical intimacy was tragic. Frequency would have helped her side, but I knew it wouldn't help mine. PIV is fine, but I knew I needed a little more, so I started doing some research. That's when I came across your website. Wow! I was so turned on, I felt like a horny teenager again. My mind was open to new possibilities, and I was a kid in a candy store. I mulled this newfound information over for a week or so, and knew I had to broach the subject. I assumed with near certainty that she would be on board, but I was still afraid to talk to her, so I did the only thing I could. I ordered a strap-on me double, a harness, and various other accoutrements thus forcing a timetable. I mean, there would be a package arriving and I would have to talk about it. (laughs) I mustered up the courage and sat down with her on the couch. She asked if I had gotten anything for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. I couldn't have asked for a better setup. I pulled out my phone and said that I had and showed her the picture of the vibrator. She had some questions and I was ready for them thanks to the few episodes of your podcast I had listened to. I am still painfully awkward talking about sex, but I had enough of an outline to get my feelings and desires out. That night we fooled around, and after having some pent-up PIV sex and getting her off, she used one of her small anal toys on me. I didn't ejaculate, but I know I orgasmed. I shook. I can't properly describe how it felt. Now I am left wanting more. Did you know that refreshing shipping pages doesn't speed anything up? It does provide me time to think, fantasize, and make other purchases, like an Aslan minx in pink from Entice Me. I cannot wait to see her in this, nor can I wait to feel her geared up and inside me. I'll be sure to let you know when so I can get that sweet song played in your debt, Pegging in Pittsburgh. (laughs) 
Okay, so it's been a while and I have let a few emails slip through the cracks here. So I'm happy to report that, hey, 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 I'm pegging celebration time. This subject is Broke My Pegging Cherry. Ruby, I wrote to you a couple of weeks ago discussing my mental health journey and how it led me to exploring pegging. So I had jumped right in and bought a strap on me double and harness. Wife was surprised but on board. While doing some hand-driven play, we discovered that double wasn't going to work. It was far too firm for me. It's a goal for us and the wife totally digs the vibe, so it isn't a waste. I backburnered the double idea and picked up a ruse D thing. Aslan Minks in pink, and a B-Vibe plug. We had amazing sex while I wore the B-Vibe. I never came so hard. My lovely wife noticed and talked to me about it afterwards and a few times over the next couple of days. Clearly it made an impression on her like it had on me. Then she got sick, just a common cold type of thing, so playtime was sidelined. Not to let myself get out of practice. Totally didn't have anything to do with the newfound pleasure. <laughs> I tried out my new ruse dildo. So much better. The give it has while sliding into me. Well, I'm a fan. A few days go by. I worked a few hours later than normal. We both work from home. I finally log off and crack a beer. We're sitting in the dining room having dinner and I'm on my second. Don't get drunk. It's only my second. Well, we need to fuck later, and I don't want a sloppy ride. <laughs> well, there goes any and all interest I had in having a third. We finish and are sitting on the couch. It's only around eight, and I have zero interest in watching TV or scrolling Instagram or Reddit. We head upstairs instead. We roll around in bed for a while, kissing, fondling, and just enjoying each other's bodies. She wants my cock, and we move to the side of the bed. I pound her doggy. No plug. I want to make sure she gets off, and she does in spectacular fashion. She grabs the new ruse and says, it's my turn. I don't think I'm ready, so we try me on all fours and her using it manually. I'm in ecstasy. She worked that toy in me, swirled it around. The girl is a natural. I have no idea how much time elapsed, but I needed a break. She heads to the bathroom to clean up. When she comes back out, she grabs the Aslan. She wants to wear it to get used to it. She was expecting some more manual. I took one look at her in that harness and I needed her to fuck me. Comedy interlude ensues. <laughs> we take a few minutes to load it and cinch her up. She remarks how she has no idea how I walk around with that thing between my legs. Idea or not, she looks amazing. I lay on my back with my ass on the edge of the bed. She really takes her time, inching it in until I can feel the toy's balls against my own. She had the idea to wear it upside down because the curve of this particular toy aims down. She told me later she wanted to get the curve on my P-spot. Did I mention she's a natural? I hit a wall. I physically couldn't take anymore. I didn't ejaculate and I didn't care. I'll need more sessions to get out of my own head and let myself go fully. But I can't describe the pleasure I felt. Just a crest of pleasure that didn't stop 
for what seemed like minutes. Afterwards, we laid in bed and talked. I gushed over how it felt, and she gushed over how she felt. I couldn't get over the feelings that rode over me, and she was high on the roll reversal. I have a very good feeling in my gut and butt (laughs) that this will be a regular addition to our bedroom. Thank you so much for the information. You gave me the words to broach the subject with my wife when I was unable to. I couldn't be happier, and by our conversation, neither could she. Once again, this is pegging in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for being so detailed with your story. I enjoy all the pegging celebration time stories. I really do. Even if it's just like, hey, we did the thing, play the music. But when people get detailed and really kind of write down about stuff and how they felt, what was said, it's so interesting because there's so many different ways that it happens, really. I want to circle back around to your mention of therapy. I cannot recommend therapy highly enough as a way for self-improvement, as a way to work through past trauma, no matter what that trauma might be. I would like to dispel the myths around that the only time you use therapy is when you're totally and really fucked up. It can help you fine-tune things about yourself. It can help you let go of things. It can help you dive into places that there are things that you had no idea might be holding you back, exactly like pegging in Pittsburgh here. So I really want to thank you for bringing this up and talking about it. Sometimes I think that therapy should be kind of like preventative dental care. You know, maybe you go twice a year or something just to sort of check in and talk about how things are going to see if there's anything that needs attending to because it is so helpful. And clearly you need to get a good therapist and certainly if it has anything to do with sexual things, with kink things, you need to get a sex positive therapist as well. But thank you for bringing that up and congratulations and kudos to you for walking across that line that your wife shoved you over. (laughs) Sometimes it happens that way, but you did it. So you deserve the credit here as well. I'm really happy for you guys. And um, I'm thrilled that you like the toy. The Roosty Thang is one that has that curve that curves up to hit your prostate. So it is one of those toys that you have to turn around and point the right way. And so the, the fact that she knew that is pretty damn cool. And it it curves up. And so that's wonderful for missionary position, but if you do doggy style, then you have to turn the toy upside down. And that's a little interesting because then the balls are up top, but that is where the prostate is and that's where you want it curved. Otherwise, your receiver can sort of feel like they're getting their insides a little rearranged. But that's a pretty intense toy that gives a lot of prostate stimulation. And by the way, sometimes when I I have letters like this and I do podcasts like this, people go, I want that toy. good for you to know that this toy is actually going to be discontinued. And Tiffany over at Entice Me knows that I recommend this in my equipment webinar a fair amount of the time. So she bought all that was left and I think she has a few left. So if anybody wants to swipe those up, Blush Novelties is the company that makes the least expensive 100% silicone toys. And that particular silicone toy is one that will give you pretty intense prostate stimulation. So 
Um, oh, and also your mention of the strap on me double, not a good place to start. I mean, y your heart was in the right place. You know, the, the fact that you just went forward is pretty cool. But this is also one of the things that I recommend in my equipment class and also my beginners class is that you don't start with a double. Doubles have an added lev level of uh, complexity, right? And so sometimes it just is a little bit too much for the giver to have everything all happening at once. But also that toy is very, very firm. It totally is. The receiver needs to be able to take a, a firm toy. And one last thing for you listeners as well. Uh, this letter, this letter writer mentioned that he had a BVI plug and he also used the acronym PIV. That stands for penis and vagina. That's basically intercourse. Okay. And that is one way that you can totally get the whole prostate stimulation involved is to wear a plug, an ass plug while you're doing PIV with your partner. And sometimes, well, often actually, I, I would have to say more than half the time, total, um, estimation here because I have no records on this. I've done no studies, but I often hear about situation where maybe they're, they're not totally down with the idea of pegging, but whether they are or not, meaning the potential giver, you have PIV sex, you got the butt plug in and your resulting orgasm is so powerful that they notice and they go, whoa, okay, let's talk about this. That was pretty cool to watch you, you know, go over the edge so intensely. And sometimes if you have a potentially reluctant giver, uh, that intrigues them enough to where they become interested. And clearly this needs to be a partner that wants to give you pleasure and is interested in your pleasure, right? But that's sort of the foundational aspects of having a good relationship before you even dive into this pegging stuff. Nonetheless, I am really happy for you. Thank you so much and congratulations. Happy to play that music for you. Here's my next letter. It's pegging celebration time. subject was success story. Dear Ruby, a couple of months ago, I brought up pegging and my wife was unsure. After a few follow-up conversations, I learned her biggest hang-up was she did not want toy sex slash pegging to replace more normal sex. Well, several weeks ago, we pegged for the first time and she was less nervous than me, which was fantastic as her taking the lead was unexpectedly hot. After our first time, she stated it was a little weird at the beginning, but, quote, it didn't feel that weird after we got going, end quote. The same for me as well. I went from, I can't believe I'm going to let someone do me up the butt, <laughs> to relaxing and even pushing back against her after a few minutes. A few days later, I was feeling frisky, and my wife mentioned she was starting her period, but mentioned, we can do it the new way. My jaw hit the floor. First, that she became so comfortable with it so quickly. At the same time, I went from a butt version to, yeah, that's a good option. At the end of the day, I think we both took our time getting there. So when we finally did, 
We were both very comfortable with it. The future looks bright for the both of us. Thank you for the education and support. <laughs> and congratulations to you. <laughs> we can do it the new way. Ooh, I like that. Because sometimes um, I get questions all over in the different social media platforms that I'm on about, okay, so how do you propose spanking? How do you ask your partner for it? What words do you use? That's a kind of a fun way to do it. We can do it the new way. How about if we do it the new way? <laughs> and clearly it kind of has to be new, right? It can't be something you do all the time. But yeah, those, that, those are the people that are asking those questions, are people that have just started doing pegging and they're either craving to receive it or craving to give it and they want to know how to approach their partner. So yeah, you can do that. Let's do it the new way. <laughs> So congratulations to you too. It was lovely hearing your success story and I hope you continue to enjoy it. As you said, the future looks bright for the both of you. I do want to expand a bit upon the part where you said her biggest hang was she did not want toy sex slash pegging to replace more normal sex. So this is a subject that has also come up quite a bit recently because there's this thing that happens sometimes with new pegging couples, with new pegging receivers, where they kind of get obsessed about it. And I've talked about this several times, but I have a few more thoughts about it. And I'm not sure if I've expressed them quite this way, but you know, we've always got new listeners. So here you go. Here are my thoughts on that. Sometimes I hear about receivers who, when they start pegging, they just get entranced with it and they want to do it all the time. Okay. So I know that it feels intensely pleasurable. And, and so that can certainly be the clarion call, like, oh my God, I want to have an orgasm like that again. But I think it's more than that. I really, really do. I think that it also involves the ability to allow parts of the receiver out that they have been forbidden by society to let out. And I touched upon this briefly with one of the previous letters where you are allowed to let out the emotional part of yourself. You're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to be softer. And can you imagine what a relief that would be if you've been forbidden by society to express those parts of yourself and all of a sudden you're doing this really sexy, erotic, new thing with your partner, which is wonderful in and of itself. And you now have the ability and it's okay and it's welcomed and it's accepted to let that part of yourself out with someone you totally trust. So it's easier to let that part of you out because you know that they're not going to do what society does to you. Ideally, I know that there are exceptions and those are kind of sad cases. And that's why I do all of this education. However, with the given that you have a partner who is okay with you expressing those things, why would you not want to do it a lot? And I think what it reminds me of, and, and not just a lot, but here's what I think is happening. It's kind of like you've been forbidden to express those parts of yourself for so long. So now it's like the swing of the pendulum. You find an outlet. You are allowed to express that part of yourself. And so you overcompensate. You go way out and do the swing of the pendulum and you want to do it all the time until finally, kind of like the masculine and feminine parts of you are a little bit more balanced and you back off for a bit. This obsession in the very beginning with receiving pegging all the time and letting it replace other things has been talked about in other ways like fascination of a new toy, you know, that kind of thing. 
it's like the bright and shiny new thing that you want to do all the time because it's new. And I think that's part of it, plus the pleasure. But I also think that this whole masculine feminine thing comes into play. I believe that if you are born in a male body, with the exception of the people who feel like they were born in the wrong body and trans and all of, the, all of that, which don't apply in this case, but if you're born in a male body and you're comfortable in that male body, you're kind of majoring in masculinity and minoring in femininity, if you will. And that's all fine and dandy, but see, society doesn't let you do that. They're much more accepting of a person born in a woman's body majoring in femininity and minoring in masculinity. And I'm not even going to go down the road that the definitions of these are all kind of somewhat toxic and the different stuff like that, because that's a way longer conversation. But back to the being born in a male body, you're not allowed to be a whole person. You're not allowed to express the softer, more vulnerable parts of yourself without risking ridicule and degradation and things like that. So all of a sudden you are allowed and it's comfortable and it's wonderful and it's sexy and it's erotic. Why would you not want to do it all the time? So I think that this is one of the things that's happening. And I think, because I think that pegging can save the world, <laughs> I think that it's healing as well. I really, really do. And I think it's a beautiful thing. So there you go. Those are my thoughts on that. I made a TikTok video on it and it got a lot of traction. I find that the different social media platforms where I'm posting things up, I'm on Medium now as well, and I'll put the link for that in the Linkorama. The things that have gotten the most views and the most attention lately are pegging in aftercare and pegging in intimacy. How interesting is that? I'm happy to talk about that all day long. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, uh, let's see. My next letter. This is, the subject is help. Hello, I love your podcast. I am a fluid gender 29 from uh, North Carolina. I have enjoyed anal stimulation from a very young age. I'm happily married four years to a cis female. I have communicated with her that I can only reach orgasm with anal stimulation. We have a healthy sex life. I top for her because that's how she likes to receive pleasure. And she is all right with me having a vibrating butt plug in or even fingering me, but she is against pegging. From what I understand, the main reason she isn't all right with pegging is when she puts on the strap on, she feels masculine. Is there any advice you can give to help her get past this feeling? I have assured her that when she puts on a strap on, I don't feel any more feminine and I don't view her as masculine. For me, I just want to let go of control and dominance and be able to receive pleasure the way I like it. I feel like everyone deserves pleasure the way they like it. Thanks in advance. So yes, I do have a few things to say about that. First, there are some extremely feminine strap-ons and I'm wondering if not only the strap-on equipment, meaning the harness and the dildo, but also her wearing something really feminine while she pegs you. There are so many different choices of things like beautiful lace bodysuits and garter and stockings and things like that. In fact, one of the strap-on harnesses incorporates garters detachable garters, and it's extremely feminine looking. It's the one that I recommend for potential givers who, where this is stopping them. It's like uh, they feel like they're not feminine anymore. Now, one of the things I teach about in my classes is because this is one of the common fears and misconceptions. And 
I don't mean it's a misconception that their feelings aren't valid. They're absolutely valid. But I can absolutely reassure your partner, just like you did, I can reassure them that when they put that strap on, on the last thing you are going to be thinking is, oh my God, they're not feminine anymore. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a very real and valid feeling that, uh-uh, I don't want to strap on a fake cock because I am solidly in my femininity and that would make me feel masculine. Sometimes the toy itself can be non-phallic. Sometimes it can be pink and sparkly. Sometimes the harness itself can be, like I said, very, very feminine looking and detachable garters. I'm going to give you some links to some beautiful, the most feminine harnesses that I know of and see if any of those appeal. And then also, if she wants to wear something really sexy that she has, like lingerie type of stuff like that, that's pretty much it from an equipment and things to wear point of view. But one of the things that you might want to talk with her about is that the feeling of, the sensation of being kind of gathered up in someone's arms or pressed against their body while they are fucking you is something that you would really like to experience. And that's just something you can't do with a handheld toy or a vibrating butt plug. I mean, you can do that with PIV and the vibrating butt plug, but yes, the feeling of having them inside you that was expressed beautifully from one of the people that I interviewed, who was actually the guy who was very instrumental in the creation of the word pegging. He lives in Australia now, and he said that that is how he approaches his partners with it. And it's been very successful. It's been, you know, how much you like having me inside you, and you love that feeling of having my cock inside you. I want to be able to feel that. And there's something that's a little bit more intimate about not only accepting someone in your body like that, and I know it's not real and it's a strap-on fake thing, but also having all of that wonderful body contact that you have when you are fucking someone. You know, there's some positions that have a lot more body contact than others, but that can be such a delicious feeling that you really can't duplicate with a handheld toy. So those are the thoughts that I have. I hope uh, these suggestions help. Please let us know how it goes and good luck to you. Thank you so much for the letter. Now I'm going to read you some answers to some questions. I encountered someone on FetLife who has created a connection with a partner, is absolutely certain that uh, they are going to get pegged. It's an eventuality and really, really excited about it. And I said, well, would you be interested in answering some questions for me so that I can get a little bit of a before and after? Because it's really unusual to sort of interview somebody before it happens and then after, right? And they were comfortable answering written questions. So I'm going to read you their answers. How and when did you first learn about pegging? I've always been fascinated about dominant women and female dominance. I used to look for such content online as well. It always fascinated me. I came to know about what pegging exactly was through an article online about seven years back. What was your first reaction to the concept? It was something really new and fascinating for me. You can say it was kind of a taboo for me, which I came across, and that had the attraction of a, a wildly attractive taboo topic, and I found myself wanting to learn and see more of that. What were the most powerful barriers or fears that prevented you from exploring pegging? 
The most common barriers or fears for me are the same as most men have around getting pegged, that it would be gay when I was a straight man and should act as one, that it would be something which will take away my masculinity once and for all, that it can be a very shameful thing to get fucked up your ass as a man. How long did it take from where you first learned about it to get past those barriers and know that you wanted to try it? It took me somewhere between five and six years. Did that happen in stages? Yes, you can say it happened in stages. At first there is fear, then there is that phase of consideration and denial, then knowing more about it, phase of attraction and holding yourself back, then the best phase comes when you overcome your mental barriers around it and you set yourself free of those thoughts and truly know that you want it and you are fully ready. What helped you get past your fears? I started reading more about it and came across Ruby Rider's content and it opened my mind and I cannot thank her enough for that. All of my inhibitions and my mental barriers started fading away. Around the same time, I came across my queen, the most special woman in my life. I started sharing my feelings with her as well and she helped me get over these mental barriers as well to a point where I was fully ready to gift my virginity to her. What do you imagine it will be like when a partner pegs you? Are you looking forward to it now? I am so looking forward to it. I think it will be one of the most strong feelings a man or woman can feel if they are right for each other and both want it. I imagine it to be a very special moment in my life, the one which I will remember forever. I am also really looking forward to it because I held myself back for so many years for the right time and state of mind, and most importantly, the right person. Now that I have the right person, my queen, I want to live those moments with her. What would you tell men who are thinking about exploring pegging? That you should read about it, about your mental barriers. You know it when you want it. And if you want it, you should definitely give that a chance, but with the right person. You can decide against doing it if both partners don't like it and decide against it, but you should definitely give it a try. What would you tell them about the fears they may have around pegging? That it is not gay to get pegged. It is a sexual act between a man and a woman, just like any other thing you might enjoy with your woman. That you should talk about it with your partner and discuss that. That you will that you will still be the same man. In fact, if your woman wants it and you let her peg you, it can be one of the most beautiful gifts a man can give to his partners. That you should not let your fragile male ego come in the way of trying things for mutual pleasure and satisfaction of both partners. <laughs> wow, thank you so much for answering all those questions. I think what I recall from your message to me on FetLife is that somewhere in the next six months or so, you will finally come together with your queen and experience pegging for the first time. So after that happens, not only am I really excited to play the music for you when it happens, but also I would like to ask you a bunch of more questions because that was the whole point of us getting together was that you would answer questions before and after, which is a, a rare um, opportunity for me. Most of the time it's after. Um, sometimes I get the before because they've been doing anal play themselves with butt plugs and stuff like that. But one small thing I would suggest to you is that I hear how much excitement you have around this and I cheer you on. Sometimes, however, the very first time that pegging happens, it is not the angel singing. It can be fun. It can be funny. It can be awkward. 
It can be a little bit wild. It can be a whole bunch of different things. The most important thing is that you have begun the journey. That's the most important thing. So if it falls short of your hopes and expectations, it's going to be okay. And I encourage you to just let whatever is happening happen and not get disappointed and not put too many expectations on the very first time. That's sort of like a vagina owner giving the virginity away and hoping it's going to be the angel singing it's wonderful. Often it's not. And that is not necessarily to say that often it's not with pegging, but it can have similar situational things where it's, it's not like magic for the first time. So enjoy it, whatever way it turns out. And let me know when I can play that music for you. (laughs) Yay. And thank you so much for answering all these questions. I really appreciate it. Okay, here is my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I've read some of your posts about men and anal play, and I'm hoping to get some advice. I'm a married man in my mid-30s, long into anal stimulation, but mostly solo, especially with objects. My wife has enjoyed receiving every now and then for a few years, penis, fingers, plug. I recently told her I have a history of play myself without going into too much detail. I've taken some pretty big toys and fists before. She is so accepting, without being enthusiastic. We have young kids, so sex has been infrequent lately. She did see a pretty decently sized plug I bought after I disclosed my desire to do more and didn't say no or anything, but I can't help myself now that the cat is out of the bag. I bought a pretty long dildo the same maximum thickness as the plug. Because we haven't actually gone forward, I feel like it might freak her out, but I also think it's strictly conceptual. She's taken the equivalent of thicker with four of my fingers before and enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm just hoping you might have a way for bringing it up or broaching it. I am quite okay with solo play for now. Really want her to join in too, but I am more in a rush to reveal if that makes any sense, while still fearful of her reaction. Hope to hear back. Let me know if I can clarify anything. Yes, I have a couple of things for you. One is clearly the uh, podcast number 112, which is, if you have not heard of it, is a podcast in which I talk to the potential giver and correct all myths and misconceptions, give them accurate information, and talk to them about pegging. It is a perfect thing for your partner to listen to after you have brought up the concept of pegging. So, That's the first one, because I'm assuming that you are wanting to go down the road of pegging as opposed to just staying in the territory of hand play with toys and plugs and things and sort of being concerned that she might freak out of the size of the things that you play with. So if you are indeed intending to walk down the road of pegging, then podcast number 112 can be really an awesome thing. You definitely need to listen to it first for yourself, know what's in there and make sure that you think it's the right thing for your partner. And then when she listens to it, I urge you to sit down and listen to it with her. You know, maybe have a glass of wine first or something like that. But there are opportunities all along that podcast to pause it and clarify things and answer questions, which can do even more to calm any fears or concerns that she might have. Now, as far as the big toy situation, big toys um, have a stigma with male anal receptive play. There's, It's almost like it's a similar stigma with um, women who have a lot of sex, you know, that you're a slut. Sort of guys who use big toys in their ass can have that same weird stigma. I wrote an article about it. I encourage you to read it because really, 
when you do that kind of big toy play, you learn your body so well. And it's kind of like having a graduate degree in solo anal play. It's awesome. It's like you have done the work, man. You know what you like. On the other hand, yes, it can sometimes freak out your partner. So I encourage you to start off a little smaller. Just start off a little smaller. I mean, you can verbally say to her, yeah, I mean, she saw the plug, so she knows what, what big toys you play with. And one last thing which may or may not apply for you is I know that receivers who have done a bunch of solo play pretty much collectively agree that when you transition into pegging, it's good to downsize the diameter of the toy a little bit because there's a whole lot more thrusting usually because your partner, that's the whole point is to do the pegging and the thrusting. So typically there can be more thrusting than if you were doing solo play by yourself, but also you have no control over it now. So there is a slower feedback loop. If you do something yourself and it doesn't feel quite right, you immediately stop because you're holding the toy. If uh, your partner does something that doesn't feel quite right, you have to communicate that to them, they have to hear it, and then they have to stop what they're doing. So being on the safe side of things, you downsize that diameter by about a quarter inch. That may or may not apply with you since you've done some pretty big toy play, uh, even as far as fists and things, but it is something to mention, if not for you, then for any other receivers who are listening who find themselves in a similar position. So I hope those suggestions are of some help to you. Let me know if you need any other questions answered and certainly let me know if I can play that music for you. I think that just opening up the conversation with podcast number 112 would be an excellent place to go from here because one last thing I did not mention about that podcast, which I will have the link for that in the Linkorama on my blog post, is that it emphasizes the relationship it emphasizes that really what your partner is doing is giving you a gift of intimacy because they're allowing you to know them more deeply, their physical pleasures, their erotic desires and things. And that is a huge gift to allow someone to know you more deeply, to open up and be vulnerable and talk to them about things that can be a little scary and that you're a little afraid they're going to judge you. That's a huge gift, no matter what they decide to do with it. Have fun with the plug, have fun with the dildo, <laughs> and let us know how it goes. Thank you so much for the questions. Here's my last one. Hello, Ruby. I was wondering if you can direct me to a good way to learn to be a better dom. My wife and I are switches, and we love to talk about all of the things we learn from each point of view. Both of us love how caring you are when you talk about people's health, physical and mental alike. Last night, I had a fail session with my wife, and I realized that I could benefit from people that know more. I did not communicate with her about something, and for some reason, when she told me what she wanted, I got this really hard drop from where I was in the scene into a mopey, ego-trapped feeling, and my sex energy just shut off on me. I felt so bad about this happening because the communication is the sexy part, and I feel this is going to make telling me what she wants harder for her. This was the exact opposite of what I wanted to happen. Thanks for listening. Of course, any advice you might be willing to share about this subject would be awesome. So once again, we are venturing into the territory of BDSM stuff. So here's the deal. The most well-planned and negotiated scenes, even between partners who have been together a long time, sometimes go wrong. And I think the most helpful thing to do is just to talk about 
what happened and how it felt and to reassure your partner that no, this is not something that's ever happened before. Hopefully it won't happen again, but this is just a weird thing that happened. Now, if there is any way that you can figure out within yourself to make it not happen again, you didn't give me too many details, so I don't really have too much to go off of here. But if there was a particular part of that that was a trigger, whether it was that you didn't communicate with her well enough and you felt like you had failed her with the scene or that what she was asking for triggered you in some way because you had triggers in that area, there's a lot of different things that could have happened and I don't need more information, but my point is if you can figure out where that went wrong, whether it was something she said what she asked for, how she asked for it, your responsibility in not knowing that she wanted that, your responsibility in not telling her what you wanted beforehand that maybe wouldn't have included that, see what I mean? Try and isolate that out if that's at all possible. And then try and find a way to have that not happen again. You know, like, let's say we're going to do like this pegging scene and I'm going to beat my partner and then I'm going to fuck them. Well, when I get to the fucking part, you know, ideally you have even a little bit of, of negotiation and conversation about it because even if you've been together a long time, what you might want one night may be very different than what you want another night, clearly. So when it gets to the pegging part, I might ask my partner, so how do you want it tonight? And they might say, oh, I want it hard and fast with that big toy. Or I want it slow and sensual and just make love to me, okay? Because I'm in a sweet mood. See what I mean? So try and find a way to prevent that same drop from happening again. It all comes down to communication and it can be much, much more complicated. And know that at any point in time, clearly when you're doing any kind of a scene where one of you is dominant, one of you is submissive, things can happen and you can immediately stop the scene and it can feel abrupt and it could feel like a real bummer, but that is still sort of the human condition, you know, things happen. And just to take a deep breath, laugh it off and then go on. But also to maybe have like a debrief about it and talk about how to avoid something like that happening next time. Sometimes there is no way to avoid it. Sometimes it was just something that happened. But if there is, it's great to talk about it so that when you do those debriefs around any scene that is a fail, you can continue to fine tune the way that you come together so that there are fewer of them in the future. I'm sorry to hear that happen. That can be really upsetting, but don't take too much on your shoulders and talk about it and see if you can avoid it happening next time. Thank you so much for the question. I hope that helped. Peggingparadise.com is where you can find my blog, podcasts, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream it directly from my website if you want to. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, MeWe, Reddit, Please Me, and TikTok. <laughs> when you order exciting new toys from EnticeMe.com, please remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. R-Y-D-E-R. Send your questions to ruby at peggyparadise.com. No question is too BDSM, <laughs> too basic, or too beautiful. My listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame.